Let us do the talking, just relax and unwind. Laugh your ass off, baby, have a good time. Run your mouth, bitch, yo, we out of our minds. Run your mouth. Everybody, welcome to the uh, Run Your Mouth podcast. This is cool. We're actually up in the uh, Anthony Cumia studio, set up for New York City Crime Report. Are you doing that right after this? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, uh, a version of it, yeah. Uh, interviewing guy, uh, Ray Schneiders from Fontana. Uh, he's a retired detective. Yeah, that's happening tonight. Uh, the new Joe Lazito thing came on last night, uh, part three of that special. That That's happening. Okay, and if you don't know who that grizzled war veteran voice is, that's mm-hmm. the uh, very funny Pat Dixon, who we're happy to have on here. Of course, I just adjusted your levels instead of mine when I realized I was a little soft. But whatever, that will come together as it goes. Um, (laughs) So we're going to discuss some politics today. And one of the big things we like doing on our show is getting different perspectives. And so what's really cool about having you on is you're actually one of the racist, bigot people who voted for Trump. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So very excited to have you in studio thus far. Are you satisfied with your man in office? What's like your takeaway? I I would like to see a little bit more racism and bigotry, actually. (laughs) (laughs) That's the way I feel. No, I kind of think I I did not vote for Trump. I'm still not team Trump. But I will say my biggest fears of having him in office was that he was going to kind of overstep his authority. Um, And he hasn't done so. Thus far, he's actually been... He hasn't done anything worse than anything I've seen from anyone else. He wanted to get a ban on a bunch of um, of people coming in from Muslim countries. That law didn't go through, so he tried to rewrite it so he could get it through. You know what I mean? He hasn't really overstepped his power in any way. I haven't seen anything that I thought would be really flagrant from him. So thus far, I'm, I'm becoming more Team Trump. Well, I mean, he actually, uh, he, th- that, that temporary travel ban was on some war-torn countries that were all like kind of, you know, that, that are fucked up. You know, uh, the Muslim part is incidental, but well, uh, I hear you. So the, you know. Wait, the only thing on that, though, is he did very clearly say that he would like to, even in those war and torn areas, he'd like to make arrangements for Christians there to be able to come here. So when he said that, he did kind of make it apparent that it was more of a Muslim ban. Now, it happens to be that there are other Muslim countries that he has no problem with people coming in. Yeah. But within those countries, he was pretty specifically trying to keep out. The Muslims. Now, I'm not saying that's good well, or bad. Well, he was also trying to help Christians because it, you had like a, a not help Christians specifically, but help right. a minority religion that's being attacked and persecuted and and you know beheaded for their for what they believe. You know, so I I can I to me that all made perfect sense. I didn't have any problem with any of that, but right. I do see where people who have a certain bent or, or a certain kind of like political uh, you know affiliation agenda uh, they they would make a, a problem with all that. And that that's right. obviously going to happen regardless of what he does. As is proven by the the second ban, uh, you know, travel ban being uh, the judicial not liking that one, you know, and uh, the the judicial branch is, is they're the ones that are making the the power grab, right? You know, they're drunk with power at the moment, you know. And but I, that's it, what I was saying more is of just all a, the people who shouldn't have the power is them, right? But that's what I'm saying more is just a credit to him. I haven't seen him overstep power. Oh, when right. that came through, it's not like he said. It's not like he sent his own cronies to the airports to ensure that a law that the that the court said was no good was going to be enforced you know what i mean that oh, would no, be no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah he's sticking to the rule book which to his credit with everything that was said during the campaign that was kind of one of my fears with him that he might kind of overstep his boundaries and he hasn't yeah yeah i hear you absolutely has not uh you know one of the most power hungry uh, executives that we've had is, is obama you know so people don't really have uh, so much an issue with the executive branch grabbing power it's more you know uh, uh who's grabbing the power right and, and also, when it comes to executive orders, um, Obama definitely set a precedent, you know, for that that was an okay way to try and execute policy. So to whatever extent Trump's trying to use that, the precedent was certainly set by Obama first. Yeah. Now, the next thing that he's done is he did just uh, elect someone. Uh, he made a nomination for a Supreme Court. I don't know. Did you watch any of the uh, proceed? I did watch some of the, uh, yeah, some of the well, Senate's, uh, yeah, confirmation. What's incredible is if you haven't watched a second of it yet— it's only halftime, so you can still catch the second 20 hours. And, uh-huh. I, and I heard the second 20 hours is better than the first 20. That's when it really heats up. <laughs> but my takeaway on that was um, I thought that, that the hearing itself was a little gross and that he's not supposed he's supposed to be independent from politics. If there's a conversation at all, it should be about what his legal philosophy is, what his record is, and if, if is, is this a corrupt individual or is this a guy who's got a legal philosophy? Right. Mm -hmm. Instead, they're having a conversation with him. The Democrats are trying to pry. Hey, how would you weigh in on Roe versus Wade? How would you weigh in? 
and you're you're kind of politicizing what his job's going to be because you're trying to ensure, hey, is this going to be an individual who's going to represent what our ideas are in the Supreme Court? And that's not what this is supposed to be. This is supposed to be, is he going to be a good judge? Is he going to interpret the law correctly? So the whole thing was like, it, you know, kind of anti-freedom or anti what that court is supposed to be. But isn't it uh, hard to separate the two? Well, it... Between, you know, yeah. like, like well, how do you feel about, you know, different decisions? How would you interpret this law, that law? Uh, you would assume that there would be some kind of a consistency there, um, you know, the way he's doing it. Is it, it. Does he lean more to a conservative side or more to a liberal side? And then there you have the politics, you know? So, I mean, like, it's, it's, I just don't well, see a way of taking the, the political angle, the political angle out of the way he judges. Well, it's definitely already politicized by the fact that, you get elected by whoever the president is, and usually they're trying to pick somebody who's going to push whatever their agenda. That's usually the way they kind of pick and decide it. Of course, yeah. My understanding, though, is that the Democrats should be thrilled with a judge like this. That's what I was thinking also. Mm -hmm. You seem to have gotten a level-headed guy. You had all this fear that you were going to get someone who's going to just show up there and get rid of abortions. Yeah. And then you got this guy. The Honorable Yosemite Sam or something, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Who's just going to show up in day one and go, we're making this Christian America again. Yeah. And you clearly didn't get that, and yet you're you're giving this guy, you're throwing him for the the ringer, and why? I think think that's the case with Donald Trump all down the line is that if if the democrats did not if they had if they weren't so sworn to hate him and if they weren't so busy focusing on on finding ways to compare him to hitler and stuff like that they really might not have that much of a problem with anything that he's doing just as just as with obama you know he obama not that different from george bush right so like uh it, it's who the who knows though i like to think that trump is going to be drastically different from obama i think that he's doing a lot of things to uh you know, it's just really in in terms of uh, of the from the time he announced his candidacy on, he's been you know a singular kind of character. I love the fact that he had to take on the whole media and everything. But anyway, uh, in terms of um, you well, know, in terms say, of the nomi- yeah. the nominee, I, he seems like a really good judge to me. I mean, like I don't know that much about uh, you know what it takes to make a good judge. Guy seems completely level headed. He seems to be uh, he's he certainly is able to like weather uh, weather uh, the you know the criticism and the withering remarks of all these other you know, these senators and stuff like that. It, I mean, if Al Franken talked to me the way he's talking to this judge, <laughs> Gorsuch, I'd be like, hey, you want to go fuck yourself, right, Mr. Franken, you know? Level-headed. He's a dick. Franken's a dick. I agree with you on that. Level-headed is the perfect word. And what's interesting of both Franken and Schumer is these guys' career are becoming just being shitheads the Republican. That seems to... <laughs> right. No, that seems to yeah, build right. their political capital... Which is actually a fun job. Like, I was a snotty kid, you know what I mean? Like, to have the job where you just get to be a pain in the ass to the other people is kind of fun. Mm. But for the political process, I mean, it's complete nonsense. It doesn't help. No, it definitely doesn't help. Okay, next thing I wanted to talk about was uh, North Korea. I know that there's no flow between those two topics, but I want to get into North Korea. In your opinion, do you see us, like, you've been alive a little bit longer. I don't know which wars, I I can't tell on your face how old you are. (laughs) I know you were around for World War II, but I don't know yeah. what was going on during the that, last that's Korean the, War. Yeah, that's the, one, the, last, the last one I remember was when I fought in WW2. Um, in your opinion, you think in the next 10 years we end up in a war with them, we no. go in there? No. no Why is that? So. I just don't think that uh, – uh, look, I mean, they they put a, they talk a good game on crazy and all that stuff. Right. But what is there really to fight for? I mean, to protect Japan? You know, I think that they'll – I think they'll rein it in. Right. I think they'll rein it in at the appropriate time. I think somebody uh, has no, nobody who is as all as as crazy as uh, Kim Jong Un. I don't think is actually the one running things. There's somebody beneath him. Uh, when I say beneath him, I mean behind and and you know hidden around there someplace. Who knows what's going on? Somebody's got the key to the to the fucking <laughs> to the to the mansion and right. the executive washroom. Well, I don't. I, I don't think so. Well, I, I, agree I could with you. be wrong. I think it's crazy to think that they're going to develop a single bomb and then attack us with a single bomb for us to then blow them off the face of the planet. It doesn't make sense that like their entire goal is to get a bomb just to send over here and not exist anymore. So yeah, that, that, they that just seems want to be to taken make... seriously, don't they? Yeah, but then you're right. I guess the entire issue comes down to protecting Japan, and it is a little wacky. They just threw some missiles into their ocean, and we have been saying for like the last 40 years, hey, listen, you don't need an army. We'll get your back if some shit goes down. Mm-hmm. So it, it does seem like North Korea is definitely getting testy, but I agree with you. I don't think it's ever going to— It's a lot of sword rattling, and especially not with the— uh, I, I think that it's so long as we have a strong guy like Trump uh, in, in front, standing in front, I think it's a good thing. You know, Iran actually, like, sort of even kind of 
they 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 made a statement uh, something to the fact that like we know who you are don't we we did some bombing thing the other day we did some testing that has nothing to do with testing you though because we know who Mr Trump is and all that kind of stuff it's very like respectful I mean it's good to throw a little fear it was in it was people's way. it was a nice change of pace I agree with that so Rex Tillerson he goes over there and he makes this big announcement before he goes that uh listen all options are on the table the era of strategic patience is over. Mm-hmm. And I hear strategic patience, and I'm like, that's like strategic diarrhea. That means you haven't done anything. Like, that, that's not a plan. It's treading water, isn't it? Yeah, strategic patience means, thus far, is there an issue with the mic? I was just asking you, do, do you hear it, like, real poppy and loud and, and sh- Okay, good. You want to try my headphones, see if it makes a difference? No, no, no. I want you to be as comfortable as possible. I am there. Let's just push. Okay, perfect. So he goes over there, and he goes, hey, I'm not messing around anymore, right? And then stories come out that he got no work done because he was fatigued. Those were the headlines that came out. Rex Tillerson didn't even went all the way over there. Didn't even meet with the South Koreans because he's fatigued. The the uh, South Koreans. Yeah, well, I guess that's who he was meeting there with to, meet to with kind of okay. discuss. And he was fatigued, huh? Yeah, and I felt like, listen, if we wanted someone who's going to be too tired to get work done, we would have voted for that Hillary cat. You know? Yeah, I think, man, uh, it sounds to me as if, um, you know, uh, he's he's just been uh, partying a lot lately. You know? <laughs> well, I was also like, get, tell me that you were out with hookers. Tell me that you're hungover. Be a dude about it. Don't tell mm. me you're too fatigued. Anyways, it turns out it's a nonsense story, right? He was with the South Koreans all day. It was about dinner. He had dinner plans, right? And then the, the, the South Koreans said that he was too tired for dinner plans. He comes oh. back and says, I wasn't too tired for dinner plans, but this is what I'm learning. You clearly didn't get a lot of work done if the only thing the news can report on is about whether or not you were too tired for dinner. Well, you know, or it's uh, another case of fake news, you know? I mean, like, a fake news <laughs> thing is like, what, what is fake news? They assume that what you're saying when you say fake news is that, like, oh, the whole thing is fake, the whole thing is made up, he's not even in South Korea, there is no Rex Tillerson. No, fake news is saying they focus on the wrong things. Right. They they take a, they, they make a mountain out of a molehill, they, they, they you know, bury the lead. They, it, it's just making the story about something other than what it really should be about. You know, it's interpreting when you should be quoting and quoting when you actually know what the fuck's going on and refuse to interpret. It's it's a dick thing to do. Now, I agree with you 100 percent because Rex Tillerson, he's got this beef going on with the media. He basically took a small plane. He's not giving them the access that they like and they're all pissed. Mm-hmm. But then I read a story like this. I'm like, of course. Can you imagine you're sitting down, you're getting real work done and someone knocks on your door like you're about to sign some peace treat or something. Knock on your door like, hey, man, you got to get out of here. And he's like, well, what's going on? He goes, well, the media, they're in an uproar. They said you didn't order roast beef last night. And you're like, let me get some real work done. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, time will tell on stuff like that. But that that to me seems like, um, you know, the media being dicks. Right. The other thing they're doing, which is dickish, is they're trying to play it off like um, that he's like a shill. He, he's got no power, really. Uh, Kushner's running the show when it comes to all of, like, the uh, foreign entanglements. And to me... You wouldn't hire the guy from ExxonMobil to not use him. Like, then you would go with a Romney. If you're just going to have some guy and pretend <laughs> like he's the person doing the work, you'd get someone who is a good face for, like, hey, I, uh, we're, we're, we're a normal politician here. You don't get the guy from ExxonMobil to, to, you know what I mean? Like, that yeah. doesn't even make sense. But what if that was but what if that was the case? I would almost like that if, if Trump was that willing, which he seems to be, to just to wear the black hat in every way, you know? Oh, you mean just to fuck with the yeah, press? I, yeah, I am right. evil. I don't, uh, you know, like believe in in EPA uh, regulations and and I, look at this Exxon Mobil. That's my guy. Uh, yeah, I you think mean that's he's right. the, that he's just that fuck you to the environment. Exactly. That he'd be like <laughs> even even my yes man is gonna right. be you know is gonna be. So I got to show you this picture. They 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 took this picture while they were out there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which, mm-hmm. firstly. It, he doesn't even look like a human being. He looks like a cardboard cutout. You know what uh, I mean? Yeah. And then it's also just hilarious to take a picture and have no one, like, put arms or smile. It's, like, look mean. It, it's just a weird... It is a weird picture. It looks like it was taken, like, uh, by the days in pool as well. So, you know what this... Kind of. I'll tell you what this actually is. There's the... Um, there's, like, a peace zone between North and South Korea. And then they got a building in between that they, like... Um, it's a demilitarized zone that they both go into... And basically, they have meetings, right? Mm-hmm. So this was taken at the demilitarized zone. Um, now I don't know if you've ever seen footage of. Is the sound still kind of ticking you off a little no, bit? No, no, no. I'm just looking at your preamp there. That's not. Just ignore oh, okay. me. I hear you. No, I hear it's, what you're it's all about. good. Uh, I I do have ADD though. I'm gonna. <laughs> uh. um, I don't know if you've ever seen footage of like se- people in North Korea, but I feel like when you cross that border, it's like when you walk into Roger Rabbit. It's just like a different 
like cartoon universe. Mm-hmm. So they have these border guards who are standing there while Rex Tillerson's doing like a press conference. And you would think that it would be like some scary looking dudes, but they just look like Asian tourists. They got like a camera from the 1970s. They're taking pictures of him. Mm-hmm. And then the guys are walking around and they have a formal, you know, like how the Nazis, they had like their formal march, like with their hand and like their legs going up in the air. So these guys got a formal march. It's the funny, it's the silliest thing I've ever seen. Huh. Like if there's ever been a country we should napalm just to like, cause it would look funny. It, they, they walk, it's like they were trained to walk like penguins. It's like, that's their military drill is like, you see that penguin? We're all going to walk like this. Yeah, I guess when you, when you have any, like 5,000 people doing any activity at the same time, it's going to look sink, ridiculous. It looks a little weird, yeah. Right? but yeah, interesting. Yeah. Now what strikes me a little bit crazy about North Korea is, and this might be what your point was, if there's someone behind the scenes kind of running what's going on there, mm. how do you live? that independent from the rest of the world and even develop like the kind of technology that they seem to have like i would think if you were that separate from the world you wouldn't even be as technically advanced that you might be able to acquire a nuclear warhead mm-hmm. yeah i don't know they oh, must have some question. really smart fucking people over there that we're not like we should be trading with or yeah i don't know I, uh, that's a good question uh I, they they uh maybe they're not really that hard to do you know you mean like it's just really not that hard to get to your build hands it, on to a build bomb? A, yeah, maybe not. I mean, like uh, these these desert people seem to be able to do it or to nearly do it. Right. Threaten to do it, get close to do it, doing it. Uh, like I mean, when I say desert people, I mean like just utter iris, uh, ISIS uh, type fuckers. You know what I mean? I mean like fucking, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I- Iran or some shit. Right. All right. Unless you got anything else, I'm done with North Korea. Any, any they, closing yeah. statements? No. So as long as we're talking about um, Asian I, which countries, I don't, by the way, yeah. don't, don't, I don't claim to be an expert on, <laughs> no, on any of those. That's why we call it the Run Your Mouth Podcast. Uh, okay. You take, we take no ownership over anything. Um, out in Japan, they're actually the first country that they got a transgender male in uh, public office, and uh, scientists are theorizing that the reason why they were able to get the first country transgender male is because as those people age, it's just hard to tell the difference, anyways. Where is this? <laughs> Out in uh, in Japan. Oh yeah. Wait, right. wait, what is the office that they that the person has? I didn't bother reading the article. I just oh, saw okay. the headline. I was like, I thought it was funny. Uh, Here's another article I didn't read. Okay. Um, we do a New York Post story of the week where I highlight the most ridiculous story out of the Post. You must be a Post reader. Every day. Yeah. Is that where you find you get most of your stories for yeah, the crime yeah, report? Yeah, absolutely. It's paper of record, you know, so that's the that's the one to, to look to. And and a lot of times when, when you have, like, stories that come out in these other sites, like DNA, DNA info and stuff like that, who do some independent record, uh, reporting, and then they do a lot of, like, just, like, taking stuff from the Post and restating it. Oh. Uh, so, like, I yeah, some kind of third-hand version of that sometimes. But, like, uh, yeah, the New York Post is, is, is the... Uh, yeah, reporting I, source. I love it. Yeah, when I was in high paper. school, I used to love reading the the crime blotter in there because I lived in Washington Heights, so I always wanted to know what crime was going on around me. Mm-hmm. So I used to read that like every day. And it's abundant. Yeah. <laughs> so here was the the New York Post story of the week. My here was the headline: My improved vagina nearly cut off my partner's penis. Mm. Did you read that story? Wow. Yeah. No, I didn't see that one. Oh, I read the highlight. I, I was like, I'm afraid of women enough that mm. I don't need to read this article about their vaginas ruining penises. Huh. Yeah, well, I mean, that would be interesting if you had had read it. Like, like it's hard to, just on the headline alone, uh, say very much about it. But, like, um, you know, I, I, what what could she possibly... I guess what the, the implication being that, like, it uh, was so to squeeze it put, off. No, I think they... they I, I mean, I, I read, like, a little bit. It was just... I'm, like, squeamish when it comes to blood. I turn into a total pussy. <laughs> they put, like, some mesh thing in there because she got some, like, droopy vagina shit going on, and uh-huh. then the mesh thing entangled his... It was a whole mess. Oh, God, it sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah it doesn't sound pleasant at all. Then the other article I want to highlight from the Post was they had pictures of Lena Dunham. She's showing off her dramatic weight loss. Mm. She lost about 30 pounds. She went from looking like a chubby teenage boy to a prepubescent boy. It's not much of a, not not like a glamorous change over here. Yeah, but, but I, yeah, yeah, you can only do so much. With <laughs> that, yeah. But I feel like if you're her and you're like the, hey, you can't shame women's bodies, people. You also can't be celebrated when you lose weight. Like you can't march at the front of the gay pride parade, go straight, and then have people go, "Oh my God, this guy's straight! Go, go straight, guy!" I mean, I, don't worry. There's no risk of anybody here celebrating her. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> But isn't that like just you, you can't do both those things? Of course you can. That's that's the way it is. It the whole without double standards, uh, women would would have no shot at ever sort of like uh, you know being uh, anything. You mean C- they competing for like the news and stuff like that? Right. And all that shit. Yeah. You know, they just anything. always need to play their narrative and like a victim stance so that like it always kind of seems like you can't even oppose it. Yes. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 I mean, the victimhood. Women are nothing without victimhood. 
that they have to have it. That's why they won't give it up, even when they are making as much money as men, and even when they are like a certain amount of the workforce, and we, even when they do have, you know, the, like whatever numbers, and they have, you know, so many competitive advantages, and so many women, uh, more women graduate, uh, you know, college and stuff like that. Right. It doesn't matter. They will always play the play a victim victim narrative. It'll be something, you know, rapes and stuff like that. Women who are in 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 college are le- are less likely to be raped than women who are not in college. That's I mean, college is actually the safer place. Exactly, statistically true. You know, college enrolled women are less likely to be raped than non-college enrolled women of the same age. Right. And yet they fucking talk about what an epidemic it is on campus and shit like that. And they, they they'll use any like uh, faulty uh, statistics that you know like they, they even when they did in that dear colleague letter that Obama wrote you know what I mean he wrote that letter in 2011 uh, to you know basically bolster his vote I guess amongst white women voters who are in college and man it, it's very stern it very sternly advises that they should uh, use a lower uh, proof of, of of guilt a standard of uh, what do you call it standard of uh, judgment standard of evidence whatever that whatever that is to uh to establish guilt or rape and uh Wait, he said that it should be stricter no he said no oh, no should they should establish lenient. a less strict one right uh yeah like the, you know beyond a reasonable doubt is the is the one that is uh, in court right in criminal court mm-hmm. and this one is like preponderance of evidence which is like the lowest standard the lowest legal standard that you can get right and uh and that's for campus. I will so, say, so yeah. it basically it means that guys can get like uh, thrown out of school for very little evidence, right? And they don't even get get to know who's accusing them sometimes, and they don't always get to they don't even get to question the person who's accusing them. They can't question their accuser. They can't confront their accuser. They make it really easy. They're basically, Obama saying, "Hey, you need to find uh, some rapists in college." Oh, because he wanted the stat. He wanted the stat, and he wanted all those white women voting for him in 2012. Interesting. Yeah, and so he sent that dear colleague letter, and that's where rape culture comes from. Right. That is where fucking rape culture comes from. Obama is a very destructive figure in American politics. Right. Well, I'll say I think we have a problem in this country that um, when people complain loudly, we somewhat think like what they're saying. We, we give a little bit of credence to what they're saying just because they're compl- – like the fact that you're complaining about something doesn't make it true. So, for example, like, I've had women who have made me feel uncomfortable. It doesn't happen often, who are, like, really touchy-feely or hitting on you, and they're just actually just a little too fat for you to be interested. It doesn't happen often, but that has <laughs> happened to me. And it's like, you don't walk around complaining about it. You know what I mean? It's like, it, I don't know, that shit's part of life. Sometimes people hit on you, you're not interested. Sometimes you have sex with people you regret no, You don't complain. You wait for them to lose 30 pounds, and then you just let right, them Right, and then you go back, exactly. And they're out of your league. Or I've been, like too drunk and then you're hanging out and then you finally get back and you're like oh, I don't want to do this and you're like well we're both here what am I how do I tell this person like mm. you know what I mean? like I've been there and then you wake up in the morning and they leave and that's it like mm. yeah I've been Ray Pat I, I wanted to come clean finally <laughs> and let people good. know good good <laughs> I'm happy I got that off my chest good no, no what was interesting I thought what you were saying about women playing the victim card I've seen that like even the relationships I ha- I've had with women a lot of times like their argument is very much based like at the beginning of the relationship when they want to date you they'll be like oh like oh all these people are mean to me you know what i mean it's like they always have a narrative that somehow fits into the idea of like hmm. that they're being victimized i've seen that on a personal level so yeah it's true and every argument that you ever have with them too will be along those lines mostly it's it's a disaster it's really bad right mm-hmm. well if there's one thing me and you can both agree on today it's that we hate women next topic <laughs> <laughs> um so trump he, he wants to increase military spending. That's one of the big things he's doing. Yeah. Increasing military spending. Yeah, he said he wanted to do it all along. What's your general angle on that? Do you think our military is not powerful enough? Do you think that's like an important thing for the U.S.? Well, I think that they reduced our Navy down to nothing. Right. Uh, and I think that um, we're generally speaking, we're, we're kind of spread out all over the world. And uh, not especially. I, look, I, I, I think having a good military is a good idea. I think having uh, a good strong I, th- I think having the strongest military in the world is a good idea i think it's a yeah and and i think it's going to make jobs you know increasing military spending is like uh, a good way for uh, you're going to create wealth you know right i think it's a good thing yeah, i sure. think in life you're only as good as your leverage and we try and pretend like th- these things aren't really influencing forces but yeah i, I think the entire world behaves in a certain way because they know at the end of the day like that, we have a gigantic military. With that yeah, being absolutely no, and, and, and like, can I just like I'll, yeah. I'll elucidate that a little bit? Like every woman that I've ever been with has been 
smaller than me or about the same size, you know, and, and now, uh, and, and I realize now that like the, the wife that I currently have six two, she's two inches taller than me. And I have a respect for her that I, I, it like redefines respect, you know, but, but and, and compared to like with these little girls and that, and also I realized that a lot of what I thought was respect coming from them was just like a little bit of fear uh, but it's built in to the fact that just like, well, if there's a gorilla in the room, which was me before, you don't really poke it that hard, you know, because like you don't know. It's just an instinct not to fuck with something that's larger than you. So, uh, yeah, it's absolutely true. Because knowing now, yeah, hey, it wouldn't necessarily be that imbalanced of a fight right. against my wife, you know, because it's always in men and women's relationships. I mean the knowledge that if I piss this guy off enough and he hits me, we're gonna. Just have like an if issue the, you know, if the world was coming to an end and for some reason you had to throw down and there's like one more coconut to eat, you know, or whatever, then you would win. You know, generally speaking, the man is gonna be able to beat the shit the out of the woman. Classic coconut know. example. Yeah, most <laughs> most guys can beat the shit out of most women. Right. So like, uh, yeah, it's with with that being there, that is practically all we have going for us sometimes. Right. So, yeah, force is important is, is, is the whole thing that I was trying yeah. to get to. Yeah, it so is important. I, I, don't, I don't love the increased military spending. To me, it's a little unnecessary. But what I do like about it is that he's the first president I've seen who wanted to do something who's not using deficit spending. He goes, hey, I want to increase spending in this area, so we're going to find budget cuts. We're going to get rid of things. Yeah. And that, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm anti the – if there's one thing I'm anti, it's the usage of debt. I think that's complete corruption. And Obama and Bush, they added more to our deficit than anyone else. They wanted to go fight a war. They were like, all right, I'll fund it with debt. They wanted health care, I'll fund it with debt. So to have some guy come along and actually say, this is part of what's important to me and my philosophy, and we're mm-hmm. going to find out a way to fund this that's responsible, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that. Yeah, good. That That's really cool. So I want to take a look at some of the things um, he wants to cut away. So first thing is NPR and PBS. Now, the idea of state-funded media is ridiculous to me. Like, if I say the word state-funded media, Mm -hmm. your mind instantly goes to propaganda. Now, I'm not saying that NPR and PBS are propaganda, but there's no reason why government gives money to organizations that are in the news cycle. Well, I'll tell you why you need that stuff. It's because they create programming that does not have to be funded by uh, anybody who's advertising because nobody is going to spend money to go, oh, wait, well, what's the letter that day? Can we make the letter the, the <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? That's too boring <laughs> for right. any advertiser to get behind. Yeah. No, but the bigger issue is NPR happens to be, I like NPR, I like some of the programming. They are pretty liberal. They do put out really scathing articles about Trump. It's crazy to be the head of a company that gives money to a, a an organization that literally just cuts down what you're doing. Yeah, because it, it does give a certain kind of a, a uh, it, it gives the appearance of uh, you that you have this. Oh, look, here's how much I believe in a free media. Here's a free press and all that right. kind of shit. It's just like when when do you remember when Trump said, uh, "Hey, the fake news is the enemy of the people." And so then this, the the media runs with the story saying the news is the enemy of the people. <laughs> it's like no, you see that's the that's why you're right. the fucking enemy because you fucking get it wrong because you intentionally get it wrong because you intentionally misquote in order to make yourselves look like you know like you're under attack by the fucking uh, president. Fuck you, yeah. And and I I'm, I'm with you, yeah. I, I NPR it's been around my whole life. Who gives a shit? You know what I mean? Terry Gross, suck it. Uh, I enjoyed Sesame Street's uh, Sesame Street as a kid or whatever. Somebody will fund that if it's worth funding. Right. That's always going to be the case. Well, the big argument on Sesame Street is like, hey, this is education. You can't get rid of that. But I feel like if you're a kid watching daytime TV, there's more educational things. Like you could watch more. You're going to learn wrap it up. Don't bang chick from the hood. Right. Mm-hmm. Get tuned into the view, which is an ironic name for a show with women that ugly on it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I went over as a kid. Yeah. yeah the view. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I like that. I, look, I watched it when I was a kid. I watched stuff like that, Sesame Street, all the time. And, uh, yeah, I think that that's the kind of thing that they, the emotional uh, connection to that is what, you know. Oh, the people want to keep it around. Yeah, that. but, you know, on the other hand, uh, we didn't have all that shit, all this other stuff back then. You know right. what I mean? Uh, like Blue's Clues or whatever the fuck. All this stuff, you know, like that you can get on apps, that you can get. There's whole, like, networks. Uh, we had three fucking channels, you know what I mean? So we kind of needed it. They don't need it now. 
Also, th- people don't watch TV the same way they did. And then. also, I'm sure Sesame Computers. Street can exist without government funding. Yes, there's no way. Uh, uh, that's what I'm saying. I, I think With that all the that merchandising. It's just like, like when people talk about the Meals on Wheels. You know, like uh, he's talking about like uh, the government uh, will stop funding this thing, which also yeah. funds Meals on Wheels. It's like. Yeah, that it, don't worry. Somebody's gonna handle that. You want to talk about? They love, but they but the media loves a story, and people love the story. Where he's taking the food away from old people right. that they need. <laughs> well, th- the headline on that was was so absurd because they said meal. They're getting rid of meals and wheels because research shows it's not effective, which is ridiculous. It's like we could easily go to a hungry person's house, go he was hungry, and then they showed up with food, and now he's not hungry. Mm-hmm. Now they didn't say that about meals and wheels. I think they said it about the entire like the, the whole branch that a very small part of like their budget goes to meals on wheels. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But yeah. then they converted it to that it was specifically like a statement on meals and wheels. Like there's no way they said that about specifically meals on wheels. But what you're saying, by the way, is the larger that's li- what makes it the fake news yeah. yeah that's what makes it like sort of a conspiracy against uh, the uh you know the, the president whoever is is reporting it they're going to report it that way right so in, in regards to the meals on wheels thing so i i generally i agree with you i think if government did not firstly imagine if government didn't take half your income as, as taxes then y- you would have more money in your wallet you'd probably help out the people around you you could you know what I mean? I think part of the service of government is the fact that they've taken over the role of helping people. Mm. If I see a homeless guy, I'm like, well, it's not my responsibility. I already fucking paid my taxes. Exactly. If you never paid your taxes, I do think people would contribute locally. For instance, like a Meals on Wheels, like you don't think if you had more of your income and there was no one out there who was supporting poor people and an organization came to you and said, I am locally helping out the poor people and feeding them in this area. Yeah. Like, you're almost, you're anti-humanity if you think that people would not give money to that organization. Well. And the government needs to be taken care oh, of. Oh, another thing they could do is just give give a tax credit, you know, to somebody who wants to do that. You know, say, like, if you want to donate X amount of mon- uh, dollars to do uh, Meals on Wheels in your neighborhood, in your city, whatever, or, you know, on whatever level, and uh, if you do it, you get to take off, you know, $2,000. You get a tax credit or some shit like that. Well, then that's fair, you know. Right. And that way, it's like we're not all doing that. And then, like, you, you make this guy. It makes financial sense for, for this person to do that. And, and it makes sense all around. Yeah. I, I do think that, like, uh, people would, uh, that, that, let's face it, no one's going to be fucking starving because this happens. It's just not going to work that way. Right. It's just not going to happen that way. Yeah, and Meals on Wheels for Christ's sake! <laughs> it just people like it because it rhymes, you know. <laughs> oh, don't get it's such a good idea. It rhymes, Meals, Wheels. Right. You deliver the Meals with Wheels. Which, by the way, why do the wheels? Why do we need the wheels? We can't just get the me- like the, the wheels part doesn't even make sense. Like you, you got to roll it up to their door and make a whole scene out of the fact. Like just bring them some fucking food. Right. Just call a delivery. Yeah. Exactly. You know. Yeah. <laughs> um, as long as we're on the uh, topic of Sesame Street, this is important. They just introduced an autistic puppet. Um, and if you ask me, it's about time they had some comedic relief on that show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I could just see it, like, interacting with the cup. Like, you know, Ernie, Bert, Ernie comes to Bert. Like, uh, wait, which one was which? I don't know. Let's just say Bert er, comes. Er, Ernie's the obnoxious one. Oh, okay. Bert comes to Ernie and he's like, the autistic kid killed my dog. <laughs> <laughs> well,. I always thought Bert yeah. was autistic or something. Oh, well, they're he's all... A, he's an odd guy. They're all a little bit off. Yeah, uh, he's, he, no, Bert is like, Ernie, he talks yeah. like that. Hey, Bert. Hey, hey Ernie. Oh, hey, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I think that those guys... Which one was the one are, with the duck? The one with the duck, I thought was... Uh, is, isn't that uh, Ernie? Uh, There's a song know. about... I really don't know either. i got to get a, a fact time. checker on Sesame Street yeah. news. Uh, all right, so the next thing he wants to scale back is... Uh, Scale back funding to the World Bank. I don't think the World Bank's doing anyone any favors. I think that's mostly a corrupt organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is cut federal subsidies to Amtrak. Why are we giving money to Amtrak? Makes no sense. Here's a big one. So he does really want to roll back. He's rolling back all funding on like global warming stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and he is also rolling back EPA. So let, 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 let's put EPA on the side for a moment. Let's just start with environmental issues and global warming and cutting back funding on it. Uh, I don't know. What's your takeaway on that one? That one's Wait, well, a little I mean, crazy. What, what do you mean? I, I don't know what that money goes for. Uh, everybody that you talk about global warming with, right. they know all about it. A billion scientists say it exists, and they know all this shit. It's like, okay, well, we're caught up. You know, what, what more do we need? Why do we have to invest more money? Well, why, what are we investing in? They know that, like, if, if um, 
and and here's the other part of it. I don't know if this is so much that like uh, it, whether or not any it, I don't have to disbelieve global warming in order to like not give a fuck about <laughs> global warming because it's not very urgent. Okay. It's just not. Uh, they are there's ten hundred thousand there's ten thousand I think like um what kilotons or something like that right of uh you know coal uh, this kind of energy or something like that to be burned or there's you know some measure right and when you look at the math on it if we burn all of that all that's remaining then there are certain consequences and those consequences don't really kick in for like a thousand years or something like right. that it's like we're looking at really long range shit as if like this is happening now you know we need to turn this around I think now, uh, is the argument I yeah. make is that like it's not happening now we're not looking at consequences anytime soon we're, it's just not that way when you type in worst case scenario type in global warming worst case scenario you will be stunned at what a, not at what not a big deal it is interesting I think it's partially, it's almost like a Stockholm Syndrome kind of thing where we like to have control. So every time there's like a bad weather event, we want to pretend like, oh, it's us and it's global warming. And that's just not true. When there's a hurricane, it's not because of changing weather patterns because of, there was a fucking ice age before we were here. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the world changes weather patterns. We have no control over that. Mm -hmm. And I actually... Um, that's interesting. I'm not completely convinced of it being like... Uh, that man is like such a large contributor on it mm -hmm. or to whatever extent that's true. I think people were really trying to push the narrative. It could be more nefarious than it really, because like what I hear about firstly, like fucking methane gas is worse than carbon dioxide and they tar target carbon dioxide. Like what industries are being targeted and all that is pure lobbying. Mm -hmm. And also uh, it just happens to be fossil fuels are the absolute best tool for getting people out of poverty. So there's also something just really gross about established countries like us that burn the shit out of fossil fuels, becoming developed to the point that we are, and then looking at these small countries and being like, hey, you guys can't be burning all that and polluting. Like, that's just not fair. Like, mm. it, it, maybe it's one thing if, like, people like us take the steps off, you know. Well, the, it, the, the liberals yeah. want to keep our coal miners nice and poor as well, though. Well, you know that's, what I mean? that's like, such a gross thing, the way that, like, for that, that's also one of the reasons I'm just a big fan of the free market is that, in life, I think status is a big part of uh, people's happiness. And I think there's there's research to... Uh, sure. Um, so what's kind of crazy to me is that if, like, just natural world order dictated, like, for instance, let's say tomorrow coal just got priced out of the marketplace, and now you had a whole industry of people who have to go find something else. So th that's kind of just the way the world goes, we develop. Mm -hmm. But when the government comes in and goes, hey, we're not going to allow coal to make a profit anymore... And then all of a sudden someone gets a handout from government where, you know, they're uh, um, a biodiesel or whatever. And so all of a sudden they're all rich and shit. Mm -hmm. You have government picking winners and losers and all the, this whole group of people walking around feeling like losers and being miserable. These other people feeling and like they didn't do anything. Government just handed a lottery ticket to one and robbed it from the other. Well, sure. And I mean, the government really likes to do that kind of shit because like uh, it, you mentioned status, you know, and they want to do anything they can to prevent like poor people. Uh, people in poor communities, people in like uh, we'll call the uh, black communities, um, they give them just enough to just kind of subsist. That's right. that's what welfare is about. They discourage, uh, they encourage like you know more kids for more welfare. They discourage you from getting a job. They they keep telling you there's no jobs available. There's no jobs available. You know and that kind of stuff. Or, you know, like a, a lot of people will work their way out of a situation like that. And then a lot of people are just going to take the Obama phone. Right. Because that's why they give them a phone is so that they'll have like, oh, a little enough. bit of status, but just enough. You know what I mean? Right. It's not real. Like you didn't really. It's not real status. Like you work for it. You got it. You achieved it. You get that internal reward. It's just enough where you can go like, OK, I got it in my hand or whatever. You know? Right. And they don't want you stealing everybody else's fucking phones. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's true. Um, that the status is a big part of that. Right. So now, what's wild about the EPA, if I thought government would have, like, um, a job, it might be environmental protection. That's kind of like a free rider issue that we all want to pollute the environment. Every company has an incentive to pollute. They can boost their profits. Mm -hmm. So it does kind of make sense to say, hey, we're going to have this organization that's going to police that. Now, here's the problem with the EPA. They were the ones who were in Flint saying, hey, your water's safe to drink. Now, there was just an incident last uh, last week. This report came out in Monsanto. They had like this um, – there's this thing in pesticides 
that's giving us cancer in the EPA. Some guy in the EPA, he was the one who brushed the report away so that we wouldn't be aware of that, hmm. right? Then you also had an incident, I remember last year in Colorado, there was this polluted river, they just fucked up and then they refused to pay up on it. Hmm. There's nothing worse than when these organizations pretend to be our friends and then they're backdooring money into it so that they're just picking winners and losers and if you got the right connection within government, well then you get to pollute and literally, there are people with cancer because a giant seed company paid off the EPA to make it seem like their pesticides were okay for us to consume. That's not our friend. Well, no. But, I mean, corruption's going to be anywhere. And it's not the organization. It's the guy who, it's the corrupt guy. I don't, I don't think the EPA, like, is, you know, approves of that. No, but the, the very fact that you have a government office allows, like, um, the ability for lobbying and corruption. Mm-hmm. So you have to somehow allocate environmental protection to something else. Like, it just can't, like... How do you? I, I guess what we've well, seen is you can't the have what an you, independent you, agency. Oh, you think you should have like a private? Well, I think for, I, I, the libertarian argument would be that you can, if you have proper protection of private property, um, you would probably be able to figure. Like in other words, once an EPA exists, it almost becomes very hard for you to step in and sue a company because a lot of times it'll be like, well, the EPA said that this is something you can't sue for, or th- this is within the EPA's guidelines. Mm. Whereas if the EPA didn't exist, I think there would actually be more avenues probably for suing companies directly i'm totally talking out of my ass on this well i, mean, I don't know i, I don't, I, don't I, <laughs> I think a more litigious society yeah. is not something to work towards right i guess you saw how that went to shit in healthcare. so who knows about that um and then the other one so then we already spoke about it, the meals on wheels and the foreign foreign aid is kind of crazy um except I, I don't know how effective foreign aid is is anyways i don't know i mean yeah. it depends on what i guess it depends on, on what foreign aid you're talking about right right are you getting antsy? You got to No, no, I'm just looking for. Hey, we, we're we're only on audio here. You know what I mean? So <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't have to, to call it out. <laughs> <laughs> Pat was just scratching his nuts not, and yeah. looking for a can of soda <laughs> yeah, in which to spit his. Uh, okay, um, now here's a wild story on the border wall. Um, it turns out they're saying that he's not going to be able to get it done within his presidency because too much of the land is owned by private individuals, and just the amount of court cases, even if the government buys land. It's outside of his time frame. How the fuck did we end up with the land on the border being sold to private individuals? Doesn't that just sound like? How did that decision? I come don't know. Around? That makes that one makes no it's, sense. It's to odd, me. right? Yeah. Um, now they did a poll last week while we're on the topic of immigration that ninety percent of Americans are open to a path to citizenship. So I read that. I was like, that cannot be true. There's no way that ninety percent of Americans are open to a path to citizenship for illegal immigrants, right? Mm. So then I read a little bit more. And it was assuming that they speak English, they have a job, and they're willing to pay their back taxes. <laughs> and it's like, right, yeah, if they'll give me sandwiches and blowjobs also, I guess they can stick that's around. goddamn huge fucking, yeah. yeah. Th- like, that's never going to happen. But firstly, even with that, I a don't lot believe. Of con- a lot of conditions. A lot of conditions on that one. But even on that one, if you ask me, they're wrong. Like, I- I'm actually okay. I don't think we need to be kicking people out of the country. But I do think if, if you snuck in illegally... Your children should not be citizens, and there should be no path to citizenship because you're changing voting demographics, and you're literally robbing people in this country because you're making their vote share smaller, and you're taking more of their income and giving it as social benefits to these minority groups. It's literally theft. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. I agree with I agree with that, yeah, yeah, but more or less. Yeah, the gist of that, yeah. But I do think it should kick people out of the country. Why not? You see, I, I just am— um, if they're illegal, right. they're illegal. There's legal and there's illegal. Right. If we're gonna if we're gonna not kick them out of the country, well then let's give them some sort of legal status. If they if you're not gonna kick them out, then well to me they are then they are de facto legal. Right. So to me, I don't know that they're if them being here illegally actually is a problem. In other words, the fact that you have like this. We just said they, they, you know, like they. No, but that's if they're citizens. If they're taking benefits from us, or no, they're taking. But that's the thing is that they try to uh, give them benefits without citizenship. Yeah. So then that is a total no-no to me. Yeah. So I guess absent of that, let's imagine that that didn't exist, that these people weren't taking benefits and they weren't having children that were becoming citizens. The very fact that they're living here and working. And that they have a legal status wouldn't bother me. I, I don't. I don't know that it's that it's a real well, issue. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure. Again, it's like we've it's already like put a lot of. Uh, if a thief didn't steal, uh, <laughs> he'd still go to jail. You know. Right. Okay. We, I guess we've already uh, put too many qualifiers on it. Um, all right. Next topic um, is interest rates. They're raising interest rates. Okay. Okay. Uh, I really don't know anything about this. This is all you. Yeah. Okay. So here's what's. You, you, 
there's a lot of talk you want to say of like liberals or the big state or deep state or people who are kind of anti-Trump, right? We could say that there's a narrative there of that, you know, the real people in power are anti-Trump. Would you agree with me that that narrative exists for some people? Maybe, yeah. So here's the you want to hear the real conspiracy of how they're going to fuck Trump is that for the entire duration of Obama, right? They had basically zero percent interest rates, and they're 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 throwing money into the stock market. Stock market is wildly inflated, if you ask me, based off of quantitative easing and the fact that there's no interest rates. Okay. Now all of a sudden you got this guy Trump coming along, and they start raising interest rates, which could very well, in my opinion, lead to a stock market crash. I think the reason why we've seen the stock market at the levels it is is mostly the government money through quantitative easing. So now, th- th- this, th- this is conspiracy theory talk that, like, you want to know how they really uh, fuck Trump over. It's by raising interest rates on him and, you know, kind of making the economy bottom out. Now, that, that's conspiracy theory talk. But now, mm. just to talk to kind of the fraud of the very existence, in my opinion, of the, um, of the Federal Reserve and their ability to manipulate interest rates, is their entire idea is that they're going to smooth out the business cycle, Right. That if you have too much growth, then they're going to raise interest rates so that you don't end up with inflation. If you have no growth, then they'll drop interest rates to kind of spur growth. But what's kind of crazy about that is that if you're a president and you come along with a pro-growth agenda, so then they can kind of put the brakes on all of the smart policies that you're putting in place. Or if you're a guy like Obama and all of a sudden you do all sorts of shit in the marketplace and you put up all sorts of regulation that's anti-growth, so then they can make it look like those policies aren't that bad by dropping interest rates on you. So the point is we'll never know if pro-growth policies can really lead to a lot of growth if the Federal Reserve can step in and put the brakes on the growth. I guess that's true, yeah. I suppose it is true. Yeah, I mean, what are you going to do about that? I mean, like Federal Reserve, don't they kind of pull the strings for the uh, for the the world economy on some level, right? I mean, yeah. so like, uh, there's nothing that can be done about that. And and really, if uh, if this is all true, nobody knows it better than Donald Trump. You mean on pulling strings of the world? Well, uh, on you know money, oh, money, how it works, Federal yeah. Reserve, interest rates, all that. Well, that's kind of the shit. thing with money is that it's so complicated. That's the real way I think people. You think you got it figured out, and Donald J. Trump doesn't? No, no, no. What I'm saying is that I think the real way that um. The powers that be it, it, or steal us, rob us of our wealth, or really control the world mm-hmm. is in the way that money functions, and it's over all of our heads. So we don't even like quite understand how the people in power are staying in power and robbing us of our wealth. All right, well, and I actually think that it, it's a lot of it comes down to um, the it, Federal Reserve. You know, we, we were much better off on the gold standard. That's what I, everybody no, always I, says. I agree and with that 100. Yeah, percent Exactly. Yeah. So I mean. Uh, there's no, uh, there's no going back. I mean, you, you once, once, once they have that kind of power, they will always have it. You have to wrest it from their, from their hands, and no one's going to be able to do that. Right. No, I agree with the gold standard 100 percent because I yeah. think debt is the most flagrant um, offense of government. I do think I, I just don't believe that all the debt that we've taken on isn't a problem, and the gold standard was the one thing that kept the government in check in terms of how much debt that they could take on. So mm. I think if there was, it, you want to talk about the worst president ever? To me, it's Nixon and to having taken us over the gold standard. That's the worst thing, mm. the wor- most flagrant offense in uh, U.S. history. All right, I think we're done with news. I want to get a couple Dixon questions in here. Okay. Okay. What? How are we owing time? All right. We're yeah. We're a couple at, minutes. We're at the uh, perfect marker for. Uh, and I've had enough news talk. My brain's starting to hurt. I'm, I can be smart for like about an hour, and then that that's it. You know, I need mm. a nap. Sounds exhausting. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so first, you've been married three times, yeah, right? third time right now. This is yeah. your third time. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. So I'm curious to know, what do you like about being married that you've done it like, I feel like, my, my, like I don't even really date. Like three marriages is three more relationships than I've, you know what I mean? Like it just, it seems like a lot, but you must like it enough that it's something that you kind of I wasn't ever going to get married again until I met Mandy Sattmiller and then I'm like oh, I got to get married to this girl you know like after right. two marriages I was done with that I was going to have fun you, you just know, like this chick enough that yeah she's a yeah she's, she's a different animal yeah and I, then I, first I, to second marriage you just felt like the first one was like that was uh, a high school sweetheart so you're like I can't exactly. base the Too institution yeah, yeah I mean off I just made this. a mistake and then the right. second one was like uh, it's just a, a, another mistake but just a slightly different kind right I've had one marriage per decade. It's really not that many. <laughs> <laughs> 20s, 30s, and 40s. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like I should have been divorced by now. Like, I have divorce guy energy. And, uh, like, yeah. I, I, I feel like I'm going to get divorced at some point. I might as well have gotten the first one out of the way by now. Like, Yeah. Well, hey, uh, yeah, I guess you're a little behind, you know. But yeah. that's okay. Some people develop slower than others. You know, you'll get divorced sooner or later. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, Thanks. Happy you got my back on that. Uh, okay. So, it's, I don't know. It's, you kind of like being married. That, all right, whatever. Good enough. 
now, my next question for you is... No, I don't. I don't like being married. I like being married to Mandy Statmiller. Specifically. Yeah. It's like, uh, it, yeah, she, she, there's, you know, like, uh, but don't you kind of everything think, with yeah. her lights up my, uh, lights up my machine. You know what I mean? But you didn't have that with, like, the, the last no. people? No. Not like this, no. Okay. No, uh, and, and I know myself better now, also in my 40s. Because I'm being 40s, the real shitty guy over here going, eh, hey, you just bought into that illusion like again. Yeah, no, totally yeah. not. No, no, it's like it's this person. Uh, no, I mean, like, I don't I don't, I don't think marriage is like a good thing. Look, I, I, fucking marriage, in a way, is horrible, you right. know? It's a lifetime contract for some bullshit, but, like, uh, in in my case, it just happens to be the perfect relationship to have with this person, man. She's right. she's the most honest and also the most uh, loyal and also the most fucking, you know, super uh, cute and hot and pretty and and funny. And she's also bigger than you, we so if you get into a fight, you got her to get your back now. So I don't have to worry about her walking down the street because people <laughs> think she's got a dick. There you go. You know, it's like it's it, it, it's great. It's it it works out for me on every level. So I love that like in a lady when they look like they have a dick. That's yeah. like that's my thing. <laughs> She's a nice thing to uh, say about your wife. Finally, yeah, yeah, I yeah, caught well, you saying something anti-wife. No, no, the reason I said that <laughs> was just to get back for the fucking. She's bigger than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a joke for that, you little fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, then the next one I got for you. You've been doing comedy like twenty plus years. I don't know something twenty plus. Like that. Yeah, yeah. twenty one this year actually. Um, so one of the things that's particularly cool about you versus other kind of more senior veteran comics I met is that you're actually pretty cool to younger comics. Like you're, you're willing to, it, you seem to enjoy, like you actually interact very honestly mm. and not with like a, Hey, I'm above you kind of thing with younger comics. And I have not seen that in, I guess, other people who have been doing this as long as you have. Shocking. What? It's just interesting. I didn't know that. That's an interesting take. Thank you. I take that as a compliment. No, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm saying yeah. it as a compliment, but for some reason, like you, you, as a person, you're just like a little more open, and I would say giving, which I think is a better way to live. Mm. But wh- I don't know wh- why. Like w- when you show up to a club, like you're just very you're willing to hang out with whatever. You'll talk to anyone. You just don't kind of have like that pompousness or well. I mean, I like... failed to network upward. You know, basically. Oh, okay, that's <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to network down. You know, because like uh, you know, people th- if they think you know what you're talking about, then they're nicer to you. And you go to the cellar or to, uh, you know, whatever. I, I can't stand, like, trying to get something out of somebody. You know right. what I mean? It's always made me feel bad. So I've always never – I never tried to make it uh, difficult for someone to approach me and do that. I think that there's something to learn from everybody, too. So that I, I guess say, that answers it. Yeah. I've, I've found um, in – I guess I found the exact same thing, kind of like it's hard to network up. But what's cool about the new guys coming around is you can just be friends with them because they're almost intimidated of you. So they're easy people to be friends with. And then it's like and then also the other thing that kind of which is just interesting and changes with time. And I think this is a good lesson for anyone everywhere. I learned this uh, at my last company is if you're nice to everyone who comes in the board, like when they're nervous, they don't know anyone. All of a sudden, it's weird where the demographic changes, where it's like a year later, none of those people are new anymore. And then everyone kind of likes you because you were nice than when they showed up. So it's it's almost even just from a selfish prick standpoint, it's not a bad strategy in life. Uh, yeah, I mean, like you know, Dale Carnegie, you know, uh, basically is it, right? You know, I mean, if you help enough people get what it is they're trying to get, that's how you get what you want. Right. So selfishness is like that. You're right. Yeah. So I got to hit the street and start helping out some Go little out little women. So that I can feel powerful. That's what I'm taking away from this podcast. Yeah, good idea. Good Someone thing who do. would really be afraid of me hitting them so that I can feel like I'm respected in my life. Yep. <laughs> All right. Dixon, it was great to have you on. I mean, we don't have a lot of listeners, but if you want to throw out a plug, you might you might pick up 30 people. Hey, listen to New York City Crime Report on iTunes. Go to crimereport.nyc. Love to have you listen to that podcast. Thanks. Super fun podcast. Thanks for having you on, bud. Thank you. <laughs>